Welcome back to Sister Brunch, the podcast all about Black women thriving in entertainment and media. We are all about inspiring future generations of Black women and non-binary people to enter into and stay in the film, TV, and media industries. That's what our guests do, and that's why we love bringing you their stories. We also want to share love from our listeners who leave reviews for us. This one is from Tishfers. Strikes the perfect balance, thoughtful shares, and the perfect length. This is the kind of podcast I can stick with during these crazy times. It's funny. She must have written that maybe when Trump got elected or the pandemic, but it's still crazy times. We are still here. Thank you so much, Tish First, for your review. Um, and any of you that are listening now, and if you love our show, we would love your review as well. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and leave us a really good five-star review and share it with your friends and family. I'm your host, Fanchon Cox, and today's guest, I don't even think she really needs an introduction. Like, you see that face and you know her, but today's guest is Tracy Twinkie Bird. Tracy Twinkie Bird is a highly respected casting director with over 25 years of experience in the TV, film, and advertising industry. Through her passion and dedication, she's managed to build a notable career, finding talent for critically acclaimed films such as The Blind Side, Notorious, and Fruitvale Station. Her career has been built on her impeccable work ethic, as well as the relationships she's taken the time to cultivate through the years. We're going to talk about that. Last but not least... Tracy Twinkie Bird is an all-around charismatic and vibrant person to be around, which you will, you will no doubt see today. And she has now stepped into the role of producer with some amazing projects that you can watch right now or after you listen to this episode. So just stay and listen to the episode first and then go watch these projects and we'll definitely uh, tell you more about the project. So welcome, Twinkie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited and nervous. Oh, you better stop. Listen, you're the superstar on this. So um, we love to actually this might help you because we love to have our guests go all the way back to the beginning so that we can kind of see your journey and encourage other young women, especially that are listening. What is the journey to become not only such a renowned casting director, but now a producer as well. So where did you start? You can start from where you were born or whatever part of your life you want to. How did you become the fabulous person that you are today? Well, James and Audra Bird, that would be my parents. That's the beginning of everything. And then there's this fabulous place called Brooklyn, baby. Yes. So that's where I'm from, born and raised. And I started in this industry in music video. Music video was my entree into this industry. And that was when, and this is what I I coined the phrase on Instagram, when music videos were short films to music. So that was when our filmmakers, our young men and women were making short films to music. And I got the opportunity to cast those projects for directors like my brother, Jeff Bird, and directors like Brett Ratner and Millicent Shelton and a a number of the people that are currently working today as directors, Tim Story, George Tillman, all of them were directing music video back in the 90s. And that was their film school for, um, for those who could not or did not choose to go to film school. That was their film school. And what they did then, Lionel Martin, 
Director X, uh, even uh, Hype Williams, all of those, they created a look and a style that people are, are even, I would say, duplicating today. Uh, but truthfully, that Hollywood and parts of Hollywood stole and duplicated to use. And this was from the creative minds of these men and women who may have not had the advantages of others, but they had the creativity to do that style or create that look. And I was a part of that time and that era, which I'm really proud about. And uh, got a chance to get my feet wet in this industry with those same directors creating stories and storylines and casting a whole project in a week. I worked with Chris Rock on his directorial debut of a music video for the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and we shot on Paramount's lot. And I had to cast a whole he, block he party. He directed um, a Red Hot Chili He directed, Pe yes, they're, they're friends. He's friends with Red Hot Chili Peppers and Flea. And he directed a Red Hot Chili Peppers music video called Hump the Bump. And I hired a marching band from Locke High School, a black marching band. And I, this is before I thought about producing, but I was really producing. And when we were doing those music videos, then it was a story. They were stories. And this whole story was about having a block party on the lot. So he used the same lot where he was shooting Everybody Hates Chris, New York Street, and all of these young black and brown kids, I cast them all and they got to see what a real lot looks like. And I talked to Chris during lunch and I said, you know, they don't know. They haven't seen this stuff. Could you show them? And he did. He showed them around and they were like, but this is the, this is your, your, your neighborhood. This is the stoop that you live in. This is the house. And they got to open the door and find out that the interior was on a stage somewhere else. And the exterior was what they were looking at. It's, it's mind blowing to have someone pull back the curtain and demystify things for our youth. And, and that mind blowing yeah. is so important that, yeah, that, is. which is what you do. Hold on. I want to take you back. Yes. Okay. Take me back. Did you, how did you step into the role of casting director? Like, how did you even know what that was? How, how, what was your first experience? How did you know you were good at it? How did you have the confidence to do it? Well, okay, so I'm going to start with The Cosby Show. So I, we, we, of course, watch all Black shows because we're a Black family in, in Brooklyn. And when I was watching The Cosby Show and Good Times and all of these other shows, even The Brady Bunch, I wanted to know the names of all of the actors, not Jan or Michael. I wanted to know like Eve Plum and, you know, uh, you know, I wanted to, Ralph Carter. I wanted to know their real names. And my mother kept asking me, why is it so important for you to know their real names? Like that doesn't make any sense. And even as a kid, I'm like 10, 12, 15 years old. And I'm like, well, Ralph Carter and my friends were like, who's Ralph Carter? Oh, Michael on Good Times. Michael on Good Times. I was like, they said, well, why don't you just say Michael on Good Times? And I said, because it's a character he's playing. It's not who he is. His name is Ralph mm. Carter. And from wow. then, it was very important to me. My mother said, why is it so important to you? And I said, because when I meet them, I want to call them by their real name. And she's like, what makes you think you're going to meet them? But it was already in there. I'm going to meet them. There is zero degree of separation between me and anybody. It was already in me. 
and being a New Yorker, you know, you can walk down the street and meet anybody. Like people are on the train, they're on the bus, they're in, in the city. So meeting them was not far from my mind. So I, that's where it started. And then I was working at an ad agency. I quit college. And of course, in a black household, you're not going to live off the fat of the land. So you're going to get a job. So I started tempting and working at an ad agency. And at that ad agency, I ended up on the same floor with casting. And we were casting those commercials for Eminem Mars and Pampers and all of this. So this Pamper baby, baby that was auditioning, got up in my lap because I had all these toys everywhere on my desk, got up in my lap and wouldn't get down. And the mother was like, it's time for us to go in the room. She wouldn't get down and time for us to go. And the baby was like, no. And she was tugging on to my clothes. No. And I said, well, I'll take the baby in. I'll, I'll help. I'll come in with you and I'm going to take the baby in. I come into the room with the baby, put her down. She's smiling and giggling at me and laughing. And they asked me, are you the baby wrangler? And I said, the baby yeah. wrangler is <laughs> a baby wrangler. Okay. How much job. do they make? And they were like 75 an hour. I said, absolutely. I am the baby wrangler. <laughs> yep. What do you need me to do? <laughs> yes. So I picked yes. up all the toys and I'm playing and the kids loving me and all of this stuff. And that is how I learned what goes on behind the door, the casting wow. door at that agency. And that's how I got started. And then wow. that casting director at the agency showed me what the job was. So during my lunch hour, I would spend it with her and her assistant learning what casting was. That's how it started. You are listening to Sister Brunch, the podcast by and about Black women and gender expansive people who are thriving in entertainment and media. Stay tuned for more of our conversation with our guest, the vibrant Tracy Twinkiebird. Also, if you love our show, go ahead and leave us a review. You can review us on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're back and ready to chat more with Tracy. Have you always had this confidence? You were born with it, weren't you? I always had this cockiness, yeah, kind of, yeah, I was. I, <laughs> but it, it helps when you have parents who, it really helps when you have parents who support you and a family who supports you. Uh, it helps when you read mm. books and learn a lot of times that what you're reading in school is not true. I have just one more question about your casting director career. Um because what I really want to focus on is you as a producer and maybe even someday director, I'm going to just plant that seed. Um, so for, as a casting director for our listeners, those especially who kind of aren't connected to the industry, but are interested in it, what does a typical day look like? What is your job? What does your role look like as a casting director? Wow. Well, first and foremost is the, what does my role look like as a casting director? So First and foremost, the job is to recognize talent, to know what talent is, to see and feel truth in performance. And then there's the research. And part of that has everything to do with watching and listening and paying attention to as much as much of the work as possible, whether it be Broadway, off-Broadway talent. Uh, some of the schools put on these, uh, these workshops and these uh, 
the schools have their own websites and things like that. And the showcases. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's exactly the word. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Showcases. So, you know, SUNY Purchase or, you know, certain schools, USC and uh, some of the, you know, SCAD and UNC uh, School of the Arts, each one has their own website and they put on their showcases and you watch those links as well as watching television shows and streaming shows and see it, watching and seeing even the smallest role, the person, not the one in front of you that you're supposed to pay attention to, but the one to the left or to the right of that person, that's the lead. And you're watching small things. Are they in it? Are they just waiting to say their lines? Are they living in their truth? So that's the part of the work that we don't talk about enough, which is the, the, the amount of information that you have to take in. And then of course you take your notes and you're ready with your notes. And this one looks like they would be great at that. This one, or, or you call agents and be like, do you have a, do you have a reel on this actor or actress? Do you have any, anything else to show me what he or she can do? Even if it's commercials, I accept, like send it to me. Or even if it's, you know, high school plays that they've filmed themselves with their iPhone, send it, that kind of thing. And then you move on to the actual day, the days when you get, you read the script. Reading comprehension is incredibly important. You get to talk to the director, ask questions. What are you looking for? What is the studio or the network looking for? How, how, what names do you need to be attached to this? So let's, let's start with that real thing. Like, do you need names attached to this? Are you looking for talent and names, just talent, just names, a mixture of all of the above? Like, let me know. And then we start to uh, make lists. You make lists of actors who have done it and have been doing it for years, right? And and you you gather their information, and then you put out a breakdown, and breakdown sends it out to the to the world, and lets them know we're looking for this role, looking for that role. Here is a short synopsis of what that role entails, and what that character does, and who who they are, whether it's male or female, non-binary, trans, all all the different breakdowns and aspects of a person and their personality traits. Um, and then you start pulling, putting out, pulling sides from the script. And those are sections of the script that will showcase their best work, right? You pull out sections of the script. If the character has a really great arc, you want to start at one, one area where they may be vulnerable, move over to another area where their heightened vulnerability causes them to have a breakthrough and then get to that other part where everyone else sees it, enjoys that breakthrough, that triumph of that personality. So you want to choose sides for each different area and then watch them take that journey in the audition as they put themselves on tape or either come into the room. Lately, you know, the last few years, it's been a lot of tape. So because of the pandemic, but now we're getting back to having actors in the room again, which I'm really excited about because then you get a chance to feel the energy of that person. And that is a major part of my job. And then of course I I do my my digging and my research cuz I want to know what kind of person are you? Do you do I want to be on set with you for 6 weeks or 8 weeks? Do I want my director or my producers to be on set with you for 6 or 8 weeks? Yeah, I need to know what kind of personality you are. What kind of human are you? Warm-hearted? Are you you got a little hateration going on. Like, what's happening with you? Are you in a place of love and acceptance? Or are you in a place of, it's all about me, it's all about me? You know, 
So I want to see that. I just want to know what that is so that I'm not blindsided when I get a phone call, God forbid, from set talking about this actor is late every single day. And I'm like, well, I guess we better have a conversation with them then, you know, because some people are late. Some people are, you know, there are things. So you look for certain things, or at least I do. I believe we all do look for certain things if and when we have the time. And then you, you see a great product come out and you're very proud. You're proud to have your name on it. So yeah, that's my life. (laughs) I love it. So, okay. We're going to transition into you producing, but this is kind of a question that goes for both. What is it like being a black woman doing this? What is it? um, Does it, do you feel that it pigeonholes you or, or are you okay with working on projects that are about black, indigenous, Asian, brown folks, um, or, well, I'll just say my opinion, which is like, you should be casting everything and now you should be producing everything. But also sometimes we have a preference. Sometimes we're like, you know what, this is, you know, I want to work with these stories and therefore, so I'm curious about that for you. Yes. And yes. (laughs) (laughs) So I am producing which I'm super excited about. I'm producing and I I have directed an award-winning short. So yes, the directing (gasps) is in me, just so you know that. Yes, yes. Uh, So we'll talk about that later. We need to talk about that. Have I felt like, yes, we will. Have I felt pigeonholed? No, I won't allow it because I want to tell our stories. (laughs) I want to tell our stories. So, and I have worked on stories. The beautiful thing about, the choices that I've been making, the choices that I've made, I will step back to step forward. I will step over to step forward. I I don't have any problems with it. I will do a student film in order to make sure that I have it on my reel so you can't say as an exec or anything, well, she hasn't done sci-fi. Yeah, yes, I have. I've done sci-fi. Well, she hasn't done a period piece. Yeah, actually, I have done a period piece. You know, I will go to a, to a USC short film in a heartbeat, an AFI short film or whatever those things are in order to make sure I have it so that I can extinguish Mm. your fire with my water. Mm. Here it is. (laughs) All of the things that you say I need to have, I'm going to put that fire out for you. Okay. Yes. Yes. So that is how I roll. And I want to tell our stories. I have producing our stories is my joy. I want to tell stories of black and brown people. I, I have cast uh, short films and films about uh, Asian talent. I've started working. I did extras casting for the Joy Luck Club. I was in the extras casting department for that. I did I did extras casting for what, uh, Ang Lee's first film in this country, The Wedding Banquet. I um, so I don't I I don't have any problem. Like I have zero problem with what is this? What happened? I have zero problem with um, doing what I need to do in order to do what I want to do. And it's not, nothing's going to stop me. Even at my age, nothing's going to stop me. It's just not, it's not going to stop me. I am divinely inspired. I am, I, I am excited to wake up every day to work on my craft in between working on my craft. Like I am excited. It's my joy. So every morning it's like, okay, meditation, reading a couple of pages of a book and writing in my journal, my, 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 you know, five minute 
grateful, grateful journal. And then it's, okay, what am I going to do today? How am I structuring my life? Am I going to write my eBooks on what I've learned on set? Am I going to write my eBooks of how to find good monologues for actors? Am I going to write like all of these things I have going on all at once and then producing, finding good writers and talking to them, finding out what their strengths are. It's like, this has always been in me and I'm just getting to it. And thankful that I can bring actors and name actors along for the ride and the journey. Uh, Kirk Franklin and Michael B. Jordan. And I mean, I can bring them, Naturi Naughton, who I've cast in Notorious, bring them along for the journey. Luke James, I can make a phone call and be like, hey, you want to be in a Christmas movie? Hey, you want to lend your, your celebrity to this project I'm working on? Hey, like it all worked out the way that it's supposed to, I feel. And I am not going to let anyone's short-sightedness ruin and interrupt my joy. Ooh, there you go. Um, are you able to name your favorite project that you cast and your favorite project that you produced? That's or will so that get hard. you in trouble? <laughs> That's the most challenging thing ever because they're all my favorites <laughs> for different reasons. There, they okay. all are. I've done yeah. so many. They're all my favorites for different reasons. Notorious is my favorite because I'm from Brooklyn. And, um, you know, jumping is jumping. The broom is my favorite because it's black love and South side with you is my favorite because it's the story of Barack and Michelle and it's more black love, you know? So, um, Fruitvale station is my favorite because I got a chance to be a part of shedding the light and shining a light on police brutality and, uh, shifting and changing a black man, changing his life, looking to, and interrupted that change interrupted. And what that looks like, the power of that piece, it drives me. It really, and you know, the beginnings of Ryan Coogler's career, but also the power of that piece and bringing those two young men together to be friends. And they are, they have a bromance like none other. And I was a part of that and I'm super proud of it. So and that was it's, you. It's very that challenging. Was you. That was me. Hey, it's Fanchon Cox, and you are listening to Sister Brunch. We will be right back, and during this really quick break, if you haven't done this already, why don't you head over to Instagram and follow us there and interact with us and answer some of our questions. We're at Sister Brunch Podcast. Welcome back to Sister Brunch, highlighting amazing black women and gender expansive people who are thriving in entertainment and media. You can listen to all of our previous episodes on sisterbrunch.com or on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I'm Fanchon, and let's get back into this conversation with the talented Tracy Twinkie Bird. Let's talk about your film that you directed. Because we we went from, we didn't even quite get also casting di director to producer. So tell us what that transition was like. And then tell us about your short that you directed. What that transition was like. Well, first and foremost, I have to thank Angela Robinson Witherspoon. She is the wife of John Witherspoon. Rest in peace, John. And she is the one that saw in me that I needed a shift and a change in my life. Mm -hmm. 
and I was open to hearing her. And she said, you need to take Richard Lawson's class, his, his course, his PDP course, professional development program. And I sat there and I went to their open night and I was sitting there and I was like, I'm going to learn what and how many weeks and how much does it cost? And do I need to do that? <laughs> and I did. I signed up. I got into the course. I was the oldest person at 49 years old mm-hmm. in the room watching all these young people edit on their phones and do at that time vines and all of this stuff. And we're going to learn how to professionally develop ourselves. And I'm like, how do you, what, what is that? Like how, (laughs) but they taught me and I had to read in class and, and the coursework was really interesting because I had to also put myself on tape as an actor and read sides and audition. So it was each and everything. I had to learn how to produce for my put myself in that position. Yes. Mm. And Mm. I had to learn how to produce for others and make a short film, like a three minute short film every other week and shoot it with your phone, shoot it with your camera, shoot it with something, but you have to edit it yourself, do voiceover, add music, how the music's added. Is the music too loud? Which was always my issue. My music was always too loud (laughs) and they couldn't hear my voiceover. (laughs) And And Richard would just kindly tell me different things. And he's like, I like the vision, but let's make it more clear. And I was like, what do you mean? But (laughs) I learned to take criticism. I learned how to turn criticism into an incredible piece. And at that moment, as I was working in that course, I met Ashley Jackson, the youngest daughter of Reverend Jesse Jackson. And she and I, we just clung together. She was 16. I was 49. And we just clung on to each other. And she said, I want to do a project with you. And I said, okay. And we had a final that we all had to do. And she said, what do you want to do? And I said, I've always wanted to tell the story of the A&T four. And she was like, well, we could do that, but it sounds kind of boring. Like it's just history. It's a snoozer. And I was like, huh, history is a snoozer. What do you mean? You know, young people. (laughs) And, um, you know, I took that to bed with me. The next morning I wake up and I was like, okay, this is the dream I had. And I called her and pitched it to her. I said, three woke black students go back in time to relive the lunch counter sit-in. Will they be served? She was like, I'm in. So my short film, The Counter 1960, at that time, uh, starred three students from class, Ashley being one of them. And my, uh, the man I love, he had a location where he works at Weddington Golf, where there is a lunch counter. It's a little diner that literally looks like it's back in time. And we shot it there. And I, wait, how, we both wait, wait, wait. We how can we see it. this? Is it online? It is online. I will send you the link. Yes, please. So, is, you, yes. You, can we can we share it with the listeners? Yes, yes, you can share it with the listeners. Okay. So, um, so I did the first piece, and Richard loved it. It was twelve minutes long, short film. Ashley said, "We need to make this into a real short film. This needs to be bigger." And I said, "Okay," and we started looking for money. And started begging for money and asking for money. We raised uh, $5,000. I put $3,000 of my own into it. And we created a short film called The Counter 1960. I cast a a few new actors in it. My cousin Tabitha Brown is in it. uh, Nick Few, uh, Gerard Haynes, and uh, Etienne Maurice, which is Shirley Ralph's son. So 
and Ashley Jackson. I mean, I don't know them, but I know them. What? (laughs) Yes. And they're in your film. Yes. And they are. And you find out firstly, I had my lead actor go back in time and how he went back in time is um, two things that are specific from my family. My grandfather was a Mason and the watch. So he put on his grandfather's ring and his watch went down to wash his hands, comes back up and he's back in time because he was literally going to the same school as his grandfather. And he told his mother, he was talking to his mom, Vanessa Bell Calloway, uh, about how they're having problems at the school and around in the area. And his mother said, you know, that lunch counter is the same lunch counter that your grandparents couldn't sit on. And he was like, what? But it's not the same. You know, what's going on nowadays is not the same as what went on back then. Like, it's not the same. It's, and we found out it's it's the same. It's the same. It may look different. It may feel different to you, but it's the same. And what are we going to do about it? That's the question. Are we going to activate? Are we going to get together? What are we going to do about it? And it also makes you feel proud of those who came before us to put their lives on the line to change the world for us, which is what they had, what they did. And, um, and what are we going to do for the next generation? That's the charge that it sets. So it's called the counter 1960 took me around the world. I went to London film festival. I went to Amsterdam film festivals with my producer, Kim Ogletree. Um, it was entered into Jaipur India film festival it was in Pan-African Film Festival. I received a standing ovation at Martha's Vineyard. And there were literal SNCC members in the audience. There is no award you can give me. There is no award, no trinket, no nothing you can give me that matches the feeling of a Black woman who sat at a lunch counter or who was on a freedom ride that hugged me at Martha's Vineyard Film Festival and said, thank you for putting our story on the screen. It took me out. It took me out. I need to use this moment to to remind our listeners that um, because you're storytellers, you have an opportunity to make change with your work. And we've just heard a powerful example of that. And really, sometimes, you know, it can feel like you know, we're black women, shit's already hard. Like so much, we're so much is expected of us, but this is, I mean, we don't even have a choice. Most of the time we're going to tell our story and therefore change is going to happen. But really this is what it's about. Twinkie. Oh my goodness. Thank you for sharing that story and for the work, all of the work that you do. Um, I can't wait to share the film with more people. So you are a director. You are officially a casting director, a producer. You work Thank a lot. You. I, I create. I continue to create. Like I said, I create my ebooks. I have written a book, so I am a published author as well. I tell the story, my own personal journey of dating in Hollywood as a black woman over 40. It's called Channeling Becky. It's available on Amazon. Yes. And you can literally, it's written in blogs. It's written in blog posts. So you you hear my authentic voice because it's not a self-help book. It's a watch my life and my journey. And I, I sought a therapist and 
Uh, she taught me how to be a lady at home and how to, you know, I already knew how to be masculine energy at work, but how to be feminine energy at home and how to find the beauty and the strength in vulnerability because vulnerability is strength. So, and it took me a while to get that lesson. It took me a long time to get that lesson. And because of that, you know, I share it with the world and people laugh and they're like, I can't believe you're saying this. But thankfully, my dear friend, Gary Hardwick, he said, you already have a book. Take all the blog posts, all the Facebook blog posts and, just make- and compile them. <laughs> Speaking and of that, where can where can our listeners follow you? If you don't know already, this is an incredible follow. You get inspiration, oh, yes. you get knowledge. You are incredible at clips pulling clips and teaching us from the clips of films that you have. So where, where can we follow you? You can follow me at I am Twinkie Bird. I am Twinkie Bird, T-W-I-N-K-I-E-B-Y-R-D on Instagram, on Twitter. And I am Twinkie Bird one on TikTok. I know we are going over, but I have two more questions. First question, we always ask our guests, if you're comfortable, can you talk about salary ranges for casting director and for producer? Uh, and at the very least, how can our those who are listening n- have the confidence to negotiate their salaries? At least where? how do they know where to start? Okay, that's a very good question. There is always a line item for casting. And you need to know what that line item is. It's important for us not to negotiate against ourselves. So therefore is to uh, get the first offer. And like I tell my mentee right now, Maya, never accept the first offer. That's where you start negotiating from. I can say this for my career. I have been underpaid for quite some time. Underpaid when it comes to casting. I remember the first project that I did, they paid me so little money to do a feature film. It wasn't my first film, but it was my first studio feature, which was Stomp the Yard. Oh, I was horribly, horribly underpaid uh, because I accepted the first offer. So I can say from from that and always get a representative or a lawyer, uh, someone to represent you to make sure that they do the negotiations for you because um, that you have a great rapport with and, and of course that you have a partnership, a business partnership with so that you can come outside of, be outside of that, that negotiation, steer clear of that so that you can continue to be creative, but fighting on the sidelines and working on getting as much as you can for the job. Because if you're not doing multiple jobs at a time, Oh boy, if you're doing one job at a time, that's that's been my challenge, doing one gig at a time. It can be, we, I, I can say this, as black women, we are not paid enough. We are not paid enough and we've got to fight for more money. That's for sure. Because our lives, our very lives and livelihoods are at stake, truly. Everything costs more, health, health benefits, all of it. During the pandemic, I lost my health benefits. And there was nothing that anyone can do through CSA for me and for us. There were many of us who lost our benefits because the work stopped and you have to keep up the hours in order to get the benefits. 
if we're not on set, if we're not working, if we're not shooting, if we're not casting union projects, then we're not keeping up our union dues and our union hours. So that I can say. And as a producer, I have an agent now as a producer, um, amazing agent, Ali Ben Muhammad at UTA. And he does all the negotiating for me and got me paid way more money, way more money for my Christmas movies that I have been producing lately. Gets me points. Um, Those things are important as a producer, getting points on the back end. When that sucker is sold, you get a check. There you go. So if you ever hear anyone talk about points, that means once it's once it's out there in the world and it's making money, you get money as well. That's points on the back end. Those things are important. So it's not just the check that's coming, but it's the check that comes after it's sold. And then the checks that come as in residual income while it's being played or being sold again or again, because we have all of these multiple streamers, that means that it's being sold again and again and again uh, for some companies. They're selling them again and again, or they're working together to play that product. So you need to have a savvy lawyer, a savvy agent in order to negotiate those things. So I'm building, I can say that, but I have been incredibly underpaid in my career. Okay. Half question, 1.5. Where where can our guests see everything you've done and do? Is there a Twinkie website? And if not, do we need to put one together where we just list everything? There is a Twinkie because website. Because people need to know. <laughs> there... People need to know. Okay. You, I, there did is. you tell us the Twinkie website? I don't think we got no, the Twinkie website. I didn't. Twinkiebird.com. And Twinkiebird.com, I have a masterclass there. I have an ebook there. You can see a list of all my, you could click the IMDB Pro and look at everything that I've done and you can make a note and list of it. Yes. So there is Twinkiebird.com. But you know, if there's more to work on and more to do on that website, tell me so I can do it because I'm all about growth mindset. So Twinkie, you are sitting down to a sister brunch with young Twinkie. What are you both eating? What are you both drinking? And what do you tell her? Older Twinkie is having a salad with really good kale and lots of leafy greens. Younger Twinkie is probably having a pastrami sandwich uh, or something crazy like that or a piece of pizza. I am drinking fresh, freshly pressed juice from my juicer back there. And yeah. uh, younger oh, Twinkie nice. is, yeah. yes, younger Twinkie is probably having a soda, which she shouldn't be drinking and <laughs> um, some junk from the store. Yeah. Some, just some junk from the store. And what is the other part? What, what would I tell her? her? My favorite line from the Wizard of Oz. You had the power all along, my dear. Thank you. Thank you so much, Twinkie. This has been just as special as I knew it would be. We'd like to bring folks back, especially as they are growing and making more and more money (laughs) and making more and more powerful projects like you will. So this will hopefully not be the last time you're on Sister Brunch, but we're so grateful to you. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. I appreciate you both so much. Thank you all. 
Thank you for listening to Sister Brunch, the podcast that brings you the journeys of Black women and gender expansive people who are doing well and thriving and experiencing joy and some resilience as they work in the entertainment and media industries. So this is season four of Sister Brunch. You can always go back and listen to seasons one through three. You can read a transcript of this show or all our previous shows on our website, sisterbrunch.com. You can also support us by subscribing to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also leave us a great review. You can share it with other people. You can also follow and connect with us on Instagram as Sister Brunch Podcast. Sister Brunch is brought to you by Trujillo Productions. Our senior producer is Sonata Lee Narcis. Our co-producer is Brittany Turner. Our associate producers are Farida Abdul-Wahab and Mimi Slater. Our executive producers are Christabel Nsiabwadi and Anya Adams. We acknowledge that the land we record our podcast on is the original land of the Tongva and the Chumash people. Catch you next time on Sister Brunch. Until then, take really good care.